Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Our spoons here or something and play the spoons worship, but... Thank God for faithful individuals. Thankful, thankful for you to show up. Thank you for everyone else that just serves and makes what we do a possibility. So we appreciate you. Are you ready for today's message? I don't know about you, but I've, I've been waiting and anticipating this opportunity to share this message. Uh, God's been stirring some things in my heart. And really, uh, it's something that God has set as a mandate for us here at Genesee Valley Church. And it's called, or it is that we are called to break the back of lack within this community. And so obviously we think, well, that is a huge undertaking. But you realize that God has called us, and where God has called us, he will equip us to do what he's called us to do. Can you say amen? And so I'm excited about what this series is going to be and uh, what it's going to help. And let me just uh, give you a heads up that I can tell you that it's going to be more than what you have anticipated for. It's going to be looking at a lot of different areas that God has wanting to really uh, to eradicate this lack in our life. And if you, uh, well, I'll say it this way. Once we get into it, you'll begin to discover that there's a whole lot of things in our life that we have allowed it to creep into. So I'm excited about it. And so obviously we're kicking this uh, series off uh, with it being Memorial's Day. And obviously with Memorial Day, we have the, the opportunity to remember the liberties that we have, our freedoms that we have as a result of those men and women that have given their life, right? I mean, what an opportunity for us to celebrate and just take a moment to say thank you for giving us our freedoms. But even in addition to that, we as believers, the Bible says that Jesus came and laid down his life, gave it of his own accord, shed his blood so that every one of us can experience true liberty and freedom in every area of our life. Now, here's the thing that many people think. They think, well, it's based upon where you live. It's based upon what country you live in or what kind of background you grew up in or what kind of financial stability you have. It has nothing to do with that in regards to your freedoms and liberties in that which Jesus came to give. There are so many individuals that we know that are in overseas countries, in countries that are impoverished, but have begun to hear the word of God concerning what Jesus came to do and the liberties that he came to provide, and they begin to live above the average person within their country. Even though the country might be impoverished, even though the country might be in a hard hard place, we see that the word of God works. And when they begin to understand what Jesus came to do to give them freedom and liberty, they can begin to exercise that and live in that place. And so we see here over in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, and it's really speaking to us as believers. It says, For you, brethren, have been called... To liberty. Everybody say called. So what that means is that God has called you. God has an assignment for you. And there's something that God wants you to experience in your life. There is a call upon your life for you to experience this liberty. It says only do not use this liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. He says but through love serving one another. 
So notice he says, for you to truly experience liberty, it comes through you serving one another. Why do we live in this country or why do we celebrate this day that we do in this great country? Because there is men and women that served you and me to provide this freedom, to provide this liberty, right? Now, it's important for us to understand really the heart of what liberty means. In that scripture where it says he has called us to liberty, this is what liberty is defined as. First of all, it's called or he has called us to privilege, Think about that. God says that I sent Jesus and this calling of liberty is to call you to privilege. Now, that tends to rub us wrong a little bit when we think about, oh, those individuals that live the privileged life. I'm not talking about individuals that take for granted the things that God provided for us. But when you understand everything that Jesus has provided for us through his life and through the sacrifice, you can begin to understand that there is a true life of privilege that causes us to live above those round about us. He says that liberty means to have privilege. Notice this next one. To have exemption or immunity. To have exemption or immunity. So just by definition, the Bible is actually telling us there are choices or there are different options. So in other words, you can be somebody that experiences and lives in liberty. Or you can be somebody that doesn't. You can be somebody that experiences privilege. Or you can be somebody that doesn't. There is something that you can be exempted from or there's something that you will be subjected to. Come on, are you here this morning? And Jesus said that for us, we have been called to liberty, not just to serve our natural carnal man, but he says through this liberty we've been given and because we experience this liberty, it gives us the opportunity to serve one another. How many of you know the greatest form of freedom is to be able to help somebody else be free? I'm telling you, when you see individuals, in fact, I I was just talking with somebody just not too long ago uh, after visiting the school systems and and, and being around kids uh, in, in just the public schools. And it's a shame to see how many children are really struggling in life. And I had the opportunity to talk to the principal, and it was just heartbreaking some of the things that she had told me. She said that there are students that will come in, and because of the life that they live, one of the things that they provide for them is a place to go sleep. She said, you would think that the first priority that we would have is to educate our kids. She says, it's not. It's to love them. And she said, some of the kids that come into this school are just so exhausted because of the home life that the first thing that we provide for them go get your pillow go take a nap isn't that interesting there's kids that she said come in and they have had the same clothes on for the entire week and by the end of the week she said you know they'll take him into the closet and say go pick out a pair of clothes and it's sad and i've been around these kids within the school systems and it's so Amazing how they so desire to have affection and attention. The very first time that I went in and worked with the kids, they didn't know me from nobody. 
But they so desired for me just to spend time with them. Will you read this book to me? Will you read to me? Or this one would be sitting over in the corner. I'd say, hey, how are you doing? And they begin to just tell me how bad home life was. Tell me about the stepmom and about the stepfather. I said, well, it sounds like you got a pretty good stepdad. No, I don't like him and he don't like me. And when you see these hurting kids and you see how they act out, and you hear the horror stories of these teachers having to deal with these kids day in and day out. But when you look beyond just the physical acting out of the student, you see into the heart of that little child, they just want to be free. They want to experience liberty. And to be able to love on them and help them experience that is a great joy. Amen? How many of you know that God needs us to help people experience freedoms and liberties. Once again, to, mean, to have liberty means that we experience privilege, that there's an exemption, that there's an immunity that we carry as a result of being children of God. Now, on the flip side of that, I want to talk about what we've been liberated from. And this might seem like it's a little bit of a, a stretch to get here, but I want you to understand through the Word of God how we can draw a contrast. And in Leviticus chapter 26, verses 3, three through 5, it says this. God's speaking to the children of Israel. He says, If you would walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season, and the land shall yield its produce, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. It says, Your threshing shall last, or that word last means to reach, till the time of vintage, and the vintage shall last or reach till the time of sowing. Notice it says that it shall last. As I said, when you look at that word and define that through the Hebrew language, what it represents or what it means is that last or lasting means that it reaches. It gets to where it needs to be. So we could say it this way, provision... Or liberty reaches the need. Poverty and lack doesn't reach. Are you tracking with me? So I want you to understand that because that's going to be a theme that we hear and that we talk about in these weeks ahead as we uh, unfold this series. When it comes to poverty, and listen, poverty is not a financial thing. Poverty is a heart thing. And poverty is when it doesn't reach. How many of you know many people within this country that live in the greatest country in, in the world that has provided us freedoms and liberty, they live a life where their life doesn't reach. When it comes to the freedoms that the United States of America has provided for these citizens, many of them live a life where life isn't reaching. Right? When it comes to finances, when it comes to health, when it comes to mental health, and so many other areas of their life, life isn't reaching. And God wants us to experience a life of liberty where what He came to provide causes us to reach the mark and reach everything that He has provided for us and made available. This life of freedom. So, with that being said, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, what Christ came to do, He redeemed us from that life of poverty. Now, remember we said this right from the get-go. We said that in order to experience liberty 
It is through serving one another. Jesus came to serve you and me to provide that freedom. Amen? Now, again, to take a side journey here, but to help us see where God truly designed this life to look like. If you recall, Jesus' disciples were, were talking with him, and they were saying, you know, we, we understand that there's so much more, but we want to know how to pray and communicate to the Father so that we understand some things. They say, will you teach us how to pray? And so the way that Jesus shared with them or gave them a model begins to lay out for us how we can truly begin to experience this liberty or this exemption or this life of privilege. How many of you have heard of the Lord's Prayer? Probably all of us know the prayer. And through life and through history, oftentimes that prayer has been a a form of tradition, if you will, as though we thought that Jesus said, pray this prayer. Now, Jesus never said to pray this prayer. He says, pray like this, and I'm teaching you how to pray. So he was giving them a model. This is the model of how you should pray. And then he begins to lay out different segments of that prayer. He First of all, let's just take a look at it. In Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9, Jesus says, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And do not let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Now there's different things that we're going to come back to through the series of what Jesus was trying to express. But the very first thing that Jesus said to us was, Father, your name is holy. Secondly, he said, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that tells us that Jesus is identifying that God has a will. And he's identifying that if God has a will, that it can be known. And he says, more importantly, he says, your will that can be known, he says, we want to know what the will of the Father is in heaven, but the same will of the Father that is in heaven is the same will on this earth. So in other words, he's saying, you can know God's heart, and if you know what God's heart looks like in heaven as his kids, the same thing is here on this earth. So I want to ask you the question, do you think that there's any sick people in heaven? Do you think that there's any broke people in heaven? Do you think there's any people in heaven that are out of their mind? Do you think they got a corner in heaven for all the the insane people? No, they're all free in their mind, aren't they? Is there anybody that's got cancer going on in their body up in heaven? No. No. So the Bible tells us that God's will in heaven is the same will that he desires here on this earth. Are you doing okay? Now, maybe that's the first time you've heard that, but that's what Jesus said. 
Jesus, the Son of God, the head of the church, said, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, that tells us that we can know what the will of the Father is. Do you know? Well, one of the things that we do know, he says, I want you to experience total freedom and liberty. I want you to experience a life of privilege. When you're in heaven, do you think that you're going to experience what true privilege is? Hello? Come on, the Bible says that God's got a mansion for you. I mean, you talk about privilege. Woo! Come on. I mean, we drive around the neighborhood and you see the big houses over on the one street and you think, wow, man, must be nice to live over on that side. Right? That's truly the privileged people over there. When we get to heaven, we're going to go by Katrina's house. Hey, <laughs> isn't she privileged? We're going to go by Dave's house. Woo! He's privileged, man. Look at his house. Come on, are you out there? You're going to experience what true privilege as a child of God is. But God says, my desire is for you to experience that here on this earth. Now, again, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not talking about natural or, 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 or uh, tangible things. That's not my point of what I'm talking about, of houses and cars and things. I'm talking about a life of privilege. And God says, I want you to experience here on this earth. Amen? And he says, It can be known. But can we just be real for a moment? If Jesus said, your will in heaven is to be your will on earth, I'm not seeing it, are you? When I say I'm seeing it, I'm not not talking about me personally. When I look around, I'm thinking, well, God, it surely don't look like heaven on earth right now. It don't really seem like the church is experiencing that right now. What's going on? Well, that tells me that we as the church have not understood the will of the Father to experience the freedoms that Jesus came to provide. Come on. And for that matter, as I said to to draw the comparison, there are so many men and women that live in this country that are not experiencing the freedom of this country that men and women have sacrificed their life to give us the liberties, and it's nobody's fault but their own. Are you here? Well, I went overseas, and I saw some terrible things. Well, I'm I'm sorry that you did, and I'm, I'm sure that it's affected you. But this country has provided freedoms for you, and if you choose not to experience those freedoms, that's not my fault, it's yours. Amen? Well, I choose to live under a bridge, and I've, ha- I've got a boo-hoo story about why I'm underneath this bridge. Well, you don't have to live underneath this bridge because you live in the land of liberty that men and women have sacrificed and gave their life so that you don't have to live under a bridge. So that tells me when it comes to the liberties that Christ came to give us, if we're not experiencing it, if it's not heaven on earth, as he said, then there's some things that we're not knowing or putting into practice simply because we don't know the will of the Father yet. Amen? And so, when you think about this, we oftentimes face struggle, and God never meant this Christian life to be struggle. I want you to hear that. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't face ups and downs. That don't mean that we don't face bumps in the road. We all do. God said that it would be that way. But to constantly live in a life of struggle was not what Jesus came to pay for. That's not the liberty that Jesus said, I've come to provide. 
This life was not meant to be a struggle. Amen? But as I said, we take a look around and we start seeing everything that's wrong within this world. We look at the evil, we look at wars, we look at sickness and disease, we look at poverty and lack. But here's the thing, God didn't make this world for the devil's kids. He made it for us. He didn't make this world so that everybody else could live well while we struggle. This world he made for us. But it just might be that we are world to infect our thinking and understanding of our God. You know, you get around the wrong people, they'll start to infect the way you think, the way that you talk, the way that you act. You know, my daughter uh, just, uh, well, she's she's doing really well now, but for the last uh, week and a half, she had had a cough. It just kept persisting. And it was like down deep in her lungs. And when she would cough, it would kind of rattle. And she would do it so much that getting around her and as she's coughing, I started coughing. (coughs) And the only reason I started coughing because when I would hear her, it was just like I wanted to get something out of my chest because I could hear what was in her chest. And it was just by being around her that it just kind of made me want to cough. You know what I mean? Well, you get around the wrong people, you get around the influences that are not living life of privilege, you'll start acting like them just because you get around them. <laughs> right? Come on, listen, listen. Oh. My kids. My kids are just in elementary and, and, and the oldest is in junior high. They come home saying things that I'm like, where did you learn to say that? Or they'll say, you know, what's this word mean? Well, they're innocent, and they don't hear those things at home. But they're hearing them from the influences out there, right? And so we've got to be careful to make sure that we're around the right people to have an influence in our life. But remember I said that we're in this world as God's kids, and God made it for us, but there's a whole lot of other junk out there that is trying to keep us under the oppression of the enemy. Let me give you an example. If I brought two people up here, I had this person standing here, this person standing here, and I I had a hammer in one hand, and I said, okay, we're going to draw numbers. And whoever gets closest to the number that I pick, I'm going to give you $1,000, I'm the other person, I'm going to take the hammer, and I'm going to smash your hand. All right? So it's like 50-50 odds. So we draw this person. You got the $1,000. They're like, woo, all right. And this person puts their hand up here, and I wail off, and I smash their hand with a hammer. Who do you think you're going to hear more from? The one that just got $1,000 or the one that's got a hurt hand? The one with $1,000, they might like, whoo, hey, thanks, that's awesome, right? And that might be the extent of what you hear. You might see a smile on their face a little bit later. But this person that got a smashed hand, do you think they're going to be quiet? Oh, no. 
They're going to scream. They're going to yell. And it might go on for the next 10 minutes. And then you get out there and you take a look at their hand and it's all like this. And you're like, let me see that. And they're going to scream again, right? Why? Because they're hurting. Do you realize that the noisiest people in society are the people that are hurting? And that's what you hear all the time, the people that are hurting. They might think they've got an agenda. They might think that they got a platform, but it's because they're hurting and it's because they're not free. And so you hear all the propaganda, all the noise, and if you don't step in your place of liberty and freedom that Christ came to give, you'll start to buy into all the noise that they're talking about because they're hurting and it's just simply noise. But if you don't know your freedom, you'll think, well, I I guess I'm not that free. But the Bible says you're exempt from the hurt. You've got the privilege that you don't have to walk around in life being hurt. Because Jesus came to give us freedom. Amen? What do hurting people need the most? What do hurting people need the most? Love. They need somebody to care about them. They need somebody to love them. Or as we said, for us to truly walk in the freedoms and the liberties, the privilege and the exemption that we have is to serve those that are hurting. Love them. You see, God said this. He said, you can have faith that moves mountains. But if you don't love, he says, you're a useless nobody. He says, you can do miracles. He says, but if you don't have love, he says, you're nothing. See, you can have all the wealth in the world. You can have all the natural supposed freedoms in the world. But if you don't love, you'll never experience the life of privilege, even though it belongs to you. You see, this whole holiday is to recognize those that served and gave their life to, keep, to give us our freedoms and to keep us safe. If we truly experience the freedoms that Jesus came to give, we wouldn't just hold it to ourselves. We would begin to help those that are hurting. But you've got to be intentional. You see, you've got to be looking for hurting people. I was sharing this with some people just the other day. I said, you know, I'm guilty of just being about my thing, being about my business. If you go to the store, I got an agenda. I'm going to get the stuff that I'm going to get. I don't want to shop all over the store. I know where the aisles are. I want to go get what I got to get. I was in the Home Depot just a few weeks ago, and it was uh, Saturday morning. I had a Saturday afternoon appointment, so I was in a big hurry. I had to go into Home Depot and pick up something that, uh, that was a part of my project. And as I'm walking down the aisle or walking down the main aisle to go to the cash register, I saw somebody from GVC. And as I saw, I'm like, oh, there they are. Maybe they didn't see me. Oh, they did. Oh, hey, 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 how you doing? And I had to go back over there and talk a little bit. And I was even a little bit short because I had to get going. But I identified something in my heart. I'm like, God, I I tend to be that way. I'm always on a mission, always got a task. And as a result, what it does is it makes it about me and not being open and available to help somebody experience freedom and liberty. And so 
This was uh, uh, two Thursday nights ago. I was coming home from uh, teaching at the Bible school, and I stopped off at Walmart. And you know, if you go to Walmart at certain hours or if it gets certain later, it's a whole different kind of people. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, whoo, <laughs> the freaks come out at night, you know? <laughs> so I'm there, and it's probably 11 o'clock, and I'm, I'm having this internal dialogue with the Lord. I said, God, I said, I just, I want to be more available. I don't want to be so on task to do my thing. And as soon as I prayed that simple prayer internally, my eyes opened up. I started seeing people differently. I saw the person walking down the aisle that had the blue hair. And I didn't look at him thinking, hey, you weirdo. I looked at him thinking, you need Jesus. I went around the other aisle and I saw this young man and just, just the way he was just his countenance, again, draws a conclusion. But I said, God, he still needs you. You see, God has given us freedoms and liberties so that we can serve people and help them know Jesus. That's the whole purpose. That's the whole reason. Amen. We saw this in Leviticus. It says... Poverty is when it doesn't reach. Poverty is when it doesn't reach. So for us to truly be living the privileged life, we need to be reaching. Because if it was all about us, it would be about whether or not it reaches our need. But to experience the freedoms and the liberties as a child of God, God says, I need you to be the one reaching. So for us to experience everything that God has provided for us, to break the back of lack, we are going to purpose to position ourselves to serve people. Can you say amen? Amen. So with that being said, I want to take the opportunity just to celebrate Communion as a church to commemorate what Christ did for us to provide the liberties, but also just to thank Him for the country we live in and to say thank you to God for all those men and women that gave their lives and sacrificed their lives for our freedoms. Because you realize that every man and woman that served this country understood that they had a note that said, in God we trust. Amen? So gentlemen, if you'll come. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life